Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation comes from the Epistle to the Church in Rome, or the Letter to the Romans, in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 27. For consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we are saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our theme for the seventh Sunday after Pentecost, based on the passage I just finished reading to you, is real hope amidst real suffering. Suffering, my friends, is not a self-glorification thing. Oh, woe is me. What a good Christian I must be because of all the suffering I have done for the sake of my Lord Jesus. Now, I'm sure you have never heard it this obnoxiously, but maybe you heard it more subtly like this. I guess I'll help out if that's what the school needs. Besides, if I don't, nobody else will. Or, well, I better clean it up. I don't want to have to see this mess next week, too. Or, you know... I'm getting a little sick and tired of being the first car here every day and the last car to leave every day. Now, if you can recall last week's sermon, particularly page 14, you'll remember that God does not define suffering this way. It said, We gladly share in suffering because through it we receive more than suffering will ever take away. But the world doesn't share in suffering because it wants no part in the suffering one. This week, Colossians 1, 24 and 27 expands on who the suffering one is and why we gladly suffer with him. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Suffering is indeed not to get the glory for yourself. It is what you do to be with Jesus so others can come to be with Jesus too. 
So then it is no longer, oh, what a great suffering Christian I am. Rather, it is now, oh, what a great suffering servant Christ is. Let us go gladly, suffer for him, so others may know him as well. Now I know we all think suffering should be sufficient, but we are far from done. There is futility as well. You can't escape it. This is a futile world, and God meant it to be for our good. It is a truth as old as time. In fact, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, God's intent for humankind after the fall was not to live in paradise, but rather in a frustrating and futile world for our good. I believe we basically understand this, or at least we used to. Like when we say, a little hard work never killed anyone. Or, pain means you're not dead yet. And my favorite, bumps and bruises are the lessons in life that help us graduate from the school of hard knocks that prepares better than anything else. We don't learn anything if we don't make mistakes. And we can't grow unless we are forced out of our comfort zones. And anything worth doing takes blood, sweat, and tears to get it done. We may have bubble-wrapped our insurance policies with barriers to keep us from running headlong over cliffs to our jagged death, but we also accepted that. Cuts heal, bones mend, and what we really learned from suffering, life is best lived by living. When we don't understand why we are suffering for Christ's sake, we must look to the Garden of Eden once again and learn why Adam and Eve were cast out of the most perfect place there ever was. Why did the Lord God send Adam and Eve out from the Garden of Eden? Was it to punish them or to bless them? To be sure, their shame had begun as soon as they ate at the forbidden tree. They were ashamed of their nakedness. They used fig leaves for clothing instead of food as God intended. And worst of all, they fractured their relationship with their father God, hiding from him instead of walking with him, the Lord God, in the cool of the day. Their punishment was instant, their shame was evident, and their security in God was lost, fearing him. And that was all whilst they were still in the garden. So certainly, the Lord God sent Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden as a consequence of their sin, but so he could also bless them as well. Had Adam and Eve been allowed to remain, they would still feel their shame. They would still need the skins of slain beasts to cover their nakedness. And they would still cower in fear of their father God rather than walk with him in the cool of the day. But a greater danger loomed that should they remain, they could still eat of the tree of life and live forever. Now that sounds good, but living forever in the garden now meant they would live forever fearful of God 
and separated from God as well. And we have a name of the only place we will live forever separated from God. Hell. So God saved them from being forever separated from him by blessing them with the futile world outside the Garden of Eden where they could be redeemed by a helper for their sins. An intercessor, if you will, who would be the seed of Eve. And she even thought it was her firstborn son and so named him in English helper or Hebrew, Cain, or as we know him by today, Cain. Well, the futility would not end with Cain as we all well know. But he would prove to be every part of that futile world to his parents' bitter disappointment. The intercessor would come much later. The descendants of Adam and Eve would continue the descent into such malevolence that even the Lord was sorry he made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. A worldwide flood would cover the highest mountains over 15 cubits deep in order to wash away the malice of man and start over again. But no sooner would the world be cleansed than would they futilely build a waterproof tower to reach the heavens just to make a name for themselves as if they could withstand another flood. So God simply confused their language and scattered them all over the face of the earth like he commanded them to do in the first place. Then, because of their most grievous sin, they experienced the futility of slavery under the Egyptians, persecution under inept judges and kings, captivity under the Assyrians and Babylonians, and finally, abomination from the Greeks that led to the desecration of God's temple. But in spite of that, and as I always like to say, because of that, God always made sure there was hope. Real, unapologetic, undeniable, concrete hope. Hope through Abraham, where he promised to be our God and to keep us as his people. Hope when he sent Moses to save them from slavery under the Egyptians through the waters of the Red Sea. Hope, when he led them into the promised land with Joshua, whose name literally meant the Lord is salvation. Hope, when God sent King David, a man after his own heart as the original shepherd king, whose son Solomon would build the first temple where they had hope, in the forgiveness of their sins. Hope in even world leaders like Cyrus the Great, King of Persia, Anshan, Media, Babylon, Sumer, Akkad, and the four corners of the world. But God conferred upon him the greatest title of all when he says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and he shall fulfill all my purpose saying of Jerusalem, she shall be built, and of the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Each and every faithful judge, good king, and even geopolitical leader would point God's people in hope to the only good shepherd they would ever need. In a feeding trough, in a stable in Bethlehem, he would be born 
to a carpenter and a virgin. He would grow to become a humble rabbi that was friend to fishermen, sheep herder, and outcast alike. He would teach and admonish those in authority with wisdom from on high because he gave up his glory at the right hand of the Most High to walk with those with no hope at all in a futile and hopeless world. And he would restore that hope in the most hopeless place of all. Scripture says, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many should be kept alive. Joseph said that as the prince of Egypt in the Old Testament when he stood in front of his brothers who intended to kill him but sold him into slavery instead when he was but a boy. Now, as a prince, Joseph could see their sinful acts, his previously futile existence as a slave and suffering in the hands of his enemies as God's futility of utility that led him to a position where he could save many. God uses the futility of this world as his utility to show hope to anyone in the most hopeless places of all. Through Jesus, the futility becomes the ultimate utility of the cross Christ was crucified on. That futile cross utilized by God made the most hopeless place for Jesus crucified the most hopeful symbol in history for those for whom he died. And Jesus' resurrection from the dead proved God's utilization of the cross and the death of his son to destroy all of our sin there forever. Now we have hope, real, unapologetic, undeniable concrete, living, and breathing hope, real hope, in the midst of real suffering. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.